What's up, guys? Welcome to Demo with Mo. I'm your host, Monique Simmons. We'll be discussing dating, engaged, and married objectives from a young Christian's perspective. Are you guys ready? Let's dive in. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to a new episode of Demo with Mo. I am your host, Monique Simmons. And today, we are going to get into part two of growing up in the church. I hope you guys enjoyed part one because there's so much more that we're going to get into on today's episode with my guests, Christy Hatton, Amanda, and Laura Furch. I hope you are enjoying the ladies and I's conversation because we're going there. We're having these conversations that a lot of people want to have and need to have. So without further ado, I'm not going to hold you guys up any longer. We're going to go ahead and jump into today's episode. Let's dive in. Have you ever had to unlearn things you learned in the church when it came to religion? Man, girl, I'm going first on this, honey, because okay. ooh, black church, <laughs> the black. So what I did when I when I went away, when I left, I went and became a student, especially of religion, because I felt like religion was traumatizing me. Yeah. And I thought it was religion that was traumatizing me because that's what I was told was happening in church. But it was really church. It's really it's really the churchness, not the spiritual aspect, not the text, not the spiritual wisdom of it. So, um, yeah, and then, you know, we grow up, we black, we descendants of kings and queens first, but then also descendants of slaves. We got a lot of trauma in our DNA. And just we operate here in America off of systems that were given to us. And so you go back in history and you see how church was given to us here in the United States and how we have worked with what we had. And just we as creative people, as black people, how we turn things into other things, systems and processes that you might do some research and find out like, hey, we ain't really that ain't really what that's for. Or that ain't really what that means. Or that ain't no scripture for real. Y'all just been saying that for 100 years like it is a scripture, but that ain't in the Bible. No one in the Bible. No Like, you know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, for me, when I went off and lived and, and sought out teachers and guidance and the text on my own and theology and all these things on my own, I have had to unlearn so many things like, even just a basic example of the benediction that we say, may the Lord watch between me and me while we're absent from one another. That's what they were saying to each other in beef. Like, if I see you again, it's on. Not like go and peace be with you. So just little yeah. nuance things. I'm for real. Mm. The Bible is in there. Like these, just these little nuanced things that, that are really tradition. And are not religion. The more I study, the more relation, the deeper and intimate my relationship becomes with God. You have to find that church is a gathering place for believers to come together and having a worship experience. But you really got to be doing the work all the time on your own to really develop these intimate, personal relationships with God. Because God made us all special and unique. He want a different relationship with all of us. Everybody's spiritual journey is going to be different. It's going to be some heavy similarities because we're supposed to come together and, you know, do these types of things with everybody's stuff is going to be different. And the only way you find out that your different is 
absolutely fine because that's how God made you is if you go study on your own because you'll start to think like, man, my prayer don't sound like they prayer. I must not be doing it right. And yeah. incorrect. Oh, I ain't got no testimony like that. That ain't what's happening for me. I must be doing something wrong. Incorrect again. I I don't, you know, I feel guilty for not being able to go to Sunday school. I don't be there on time, et cetera, et cetera. But I tie, but I do this, but I, you know what I mean? This guy in your own way. So for me, it was so many things that, that could have bound me up if I was just depending on what the church status quo was or what church says or how they do it at church. So I'm so glad that I went off and, you know, did that work on my own. But yeah, it was, it's a lot of unlearning. This is Laura. For me, I think um, my biggest lesson was learning what the difference was between religion and spirituality yeah. um, and, and being able to apply that. What people say and what God says are often two totally different things. And yeah. you have to be able to decipher, be able to use discernment and act according to who you're trying to follow. Who are you trying to please? And if it is, I won't say should, is it's not people. We, we want to live a life that is pleasing to God. And so once I unlearned religion and separated those two things, it's, it's things like how active or how involved you are in the church taking on a whole bunch of leadership positions or being trying to be there every single Sunday or every time the church's doors are open and feeling guilty if you are not being able to unlearn those things and have that personal relationship with God and knowing that, you know, it's okay. You know, you may have to miss a Sunday or two, or you may not be able to show up in those ways that the people expect you or try to impose on you. It's okay because who we're trying to please is God. So he really does know our hearts. A lot of people use God knows my heart as an excuse, but God really does know our heart. So when your heart is in the right place, and you get to that relationship with God, then you'll be okay. And that's something that I had to unlearn. Get rid of that people pleaser and start pleasing God. This is Christy. And my baby sister kind of just took, <laughs> she didn't take, because that's her experience. But I would have to agree with her just knowing the difference of just going to church and serving in the church because you feel obligated versus. Mm-hmm that relationship, that personal relationship where you really get to know God for yourself and he continues to show you who he is and y'all have that intimate close thing like that, then it tur- that service is different. The reason why you're doing it is different. And you can learn, like Laura said, to say no and be okay with that and not feel bad and not feel guilty because at the end of the day, is you and God. It's where y'all are. Mm -hmm. And so I have to totally agree with Laura that that was unlearning that I don't have to. I always felt like we got to do this because we are the pastor kids. I had to unlearn that my identity in Christ is not necessarily tied to titles or roles or things like that. That's not what that's about. Mm. 
Girl, that's a whole word. That can that can just that can teach. That can teach. I was talking to some Christians. I won't I won't name no names or put no context or anything on that. But I was talking to some Christians maybe a month ago, and I don't even know how the conversation came up, but we were talking about ministry stuff. And they were talking about if someone came to you in a church about leading the ministry or taking on some obligations and you already are doing something or your plate is full. And what do you do? I'm like, you say no. <laughs> what, what are we what are we talking about? What I said, what What's the question God, here? What is, <laughs> what is, what does God want you to do? Does God want you to lead that ministry? Does God want you to add more onto your plate? Is that is that what we're saying? This is God. No, I'm I'm saying if they if they come ask you, well, you say no. Mm-hmm. You can say no. That was their response to me. You can say no. Exactly. Yes, you mm-hmm. can say no. Yeah. I think somewhere mm-hmm. along the lines in the church, we have gotten ministry confused with our personal relationships with God. Mm-hmm. Those are two right. things. Those mm-hmm. are two separate entities. I don't ever want, for any Christian, any believer, I don't ever want what we do for God to get in the place of our relationship with God. Those are two right. different right. things. God doesn't want that ministry stuff, what you're doing, your programs, all of that to get into your in the way of your relationship with him. And I, I gave the example, like, if you're having issues in your marriage or if some something is going on with your kids, you're going to tell me you're going to take on another ministry? Like, your home is your first ministry. You got to get home right. What, what you're talking about? And they all got quiet. Like, these are Christians and everybody got quiet. And I was so confused because I think that's where we are now in the church. Like, we just... We just continue to say yes to stuff in the church. We continue to add more and add more and right. more. We yeah. have do it. We don't want to be there. Our homes are messed up. Yeah. Our heart is messed up, but we're still taking on more ministry stuff. And I'm confused because God okay. ain't pleased. Okay. So, Not yeah. at all. And and this is Christy. And I will say another thing for me, Monique, uh, just even tying into that, uh, something to uh, uh, that I'm unlearning. I struggle with spiritual pride and humble. So unlearning pridefulness in a bad way and learning humbleness. And again, that goes back to you don't have to do everything. You don't have to be seen. You don't have to say I did this or I did that. Yeah. And it goes back to your relationship with God understanding that personal intimacy so that I, I struggle with that as well and when you struggle with that and that becomes your focus you're taking God out of it and then you you become that people pleaser or you don't know how to say no and then you get irritated and mad and you mad at people and stuff when all the time that that's you that's all you yeah so that's that's another thing that I'm unlearning. And then another thing is as black people, period, but especially as black people in the church, and y'all could agree or you don't, you're not supposed to put your business out there. Oh, girl. Oh, child. Girl. Uh, don't let people we know can write a book. Don't <laughs> let people know what's going on or whatever. But how can you receive help? How can people pray for you? How can you... How can you be mm-hmm. delivered or whatever unless you still we're called to share 
Uh, that's why God comforts teaches us that we go through things and God comforts us through things so that we can be a comfort to others. But if we got this mentality of, I don't want them to know my business because they're going to be out there telling this and telling that within the church and we don't share, we, how are we going to accomplish the goal that, that God put there too? So that's one thing that I personally am having to unlearn. It's okay to let people know you're not okay. It's okay to share struggles. You ain't got to tell everything, but it's okay to share with people and to be vulnerable. If you can't be vulnerable within the church with your fellow Christians, your brothers and sisters in Christ, people who are supposed to be of like mind, uh, that's what the church is for. If you can't do that, then something wrong. And so unlearning to be that way and keep that ball up and not let people know and struggle with it on your own versus learning how to say, I'm not good. I'm not okay. I need you to pray for me. But you also, you pray to God to have that discernment of you got to be real. Everybody you can't share with, but you're supposed to be able to bring that to your church family or, or those, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so 100%. And that's a great one because I'm going to be honest with y'all. I struggled with that for a long time in the church because like I told y'all, I didn't necessarily grow. My parents, my dad never went to church. My mom went to church off and on, but my great grandmother did. And I would go with her periodically, but I didn't necessarily grow up in a church. So when I came to our church and gave my life to Christ, and I started learning and building my own relationship with God. And I was literally reading the Bible and everything I was learning. It wasn't stuff that I learned from church. It was stuff that I learned from the Bible. So I'm reading how we're supposed to, you know, confess our sins and we're supposed to be able to lean on one another and one can't fall for the other. And all of these things I'm learning about what the church is supposed to look like. And when we would begin to share and talk and have testimonial time and I'm sharing and other people, and don't get me wrong, people don't have to share, but I would listen to some people's testimonies or, you know, during their time of sharing, but most people wouldn't say certain things or I begin to see like, oh, we don't really share. Like we share, but we don't share. So I'm picking (laughs) up on certain things and I'm like, oh, oh, this is. You so you really don't do that. Like we're like the Bible says do that, but we really don't do that. So it was it was a struggle for me, but I didn't it was a struggle where I was having a thoughts like, do I'm supposed to hold back then? My issue was growing up, I could not share. I could never share in my home growing up. I could never share how I feel. I could never share my emotions. I didn't have that. So now coming into church into a place where I'm supposed to be able to do that, but people are not doing it. So now I'm like, oh, you don't do that here either. Mm -hmm. So it was a struggle for me. So now I'm like, okay, do I hold back? Do I continue to hold back? But God was like, no, this is where you do that. You know, you continue to share. You continue to be honest. But I'm looking around and I'm like, they don't do that though. You know, this is not what's happening in the church. So... I didn't let that deter me. I continue to do that, which y'all know that. But what I'm saying is, I understand and I agree with you 100%, Christy. And that's not how we should be. Like, this is the one place where we as believers should be free 
and open to share and be who God has called us to be. Like we literally get beat up out here in the world every day, like legit. Every day we out here getting beat up in the world. This is the one place where you should feel safe and free and able to really be open to be yourself and not hold back at all. Like legit the one place. And we still come to this place and still hold back and not be free. Have you ever wanted to or have you ever walked away from your faith? If so, what made you come back? All right. This is Laura. It's a good, that's a good follow-up question because now for me, (laughs) (laughs) for me, now people look at me and say, oh, she's been in church her whole life. She never left. (laughs) I've been in that church building for as long as I can remember. You know, I ain't never really just fell away physically. Mm -hmm. Now, mentally, in my heart, there have been there was a a string of years where I, I'm serving as quote unquote a leader in the church. I'm at church. I'm in front of the church. I'm doing all this. I'm not there though. You get what I'm saying? My life yes, is in shambles. <laughs> I'm over here doing all kinds of things, which goes back to the beginning of the night. That's what people know. Oh, I'm just, just a sweet little angel baby up in the church, just doing the Lord's work. I have fallen away from the church where I wanted to go a different direction. I look at my brothers and my sisters. They all went away. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And here I am still in this church building with my parents still working, quote unquote, in the church. And they were all gone. First of all, that was a struggle for me because I'm here if they ain't even, why they ain't stay? Why they leave me here? But in my life, transitioning into younghood and and finding my way in the world, I have fallen away from the church where I didn't necessarily believe that, well, church is real to me. You get what I'm saying? So I have fallen away from the church. And have been in the church doing what looking like a Christian. But what draw what drew me back to it is having it instilled in me. You know, it's it's sad that we have to get to a place where we're at our lowest, whatever that looks like for anybody. Whatever is your low is your low. Have to get to a place where you're at your lowest and you have nowhere to turn but to God. Thank God I knew to turn to God. You know, a lot of people don't even know that I can turn to God, but thank God it was instilled mm-hmm. in me and I was raised to be able to know that I can look to God, I can repent, I can turn away, I can change it, I can turn it around and I can get back on the right track and continue in my journey in building a relationship with God. So yeah, I have fallen away from the church. A lot of people don't know that about me because like I said, I was phys- I've been physically there all 30, how old am I? I don't know. But all <laughs> my years of my life, I've been physically at this church, but I have fallen away. And thank God I was able to turn back because of my upbringing, because I grew up in the church and I knew, you know, in my heart of hearts, I know that God is where I should turn and where I should be. So, yeah. Amen. Thank mm-hmm. you so much for your transparency. I really appreciate mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. This is, this is crazy. Oh, well, go, Amanda. Go. Go, Amanda. No, no, no. I was just going to say, I never knew that about Laura. Never known that about her. Um, so, yeah, I, I never knew that. 
You know, I heard her say. I don't know what I've been through. Yeah. Oh, I heard you. Oh, well, Christy might know a little bit. Well, yeah. Yeah, see, I don't know because I lived away. So when I heard Laura saying, you yeah. know, like, sisters are gone, you know, like I let, like, left. I, <laughs> to answer your question for, for me, Monique, I don't know if you asking if you mean the church in a physical sense or just a relationship with God. Like, have I ever, like, broke? up with God or something which which question is it not necessarily just the church but that can be a form of too but where you like I'm taking a break from this I'm walking away from this or like mm-hmm. Lord I'm doing it but my heart ain't in this I'm not really I'm I'm gonna look like I'm doing it but I'm not really in this I, I'm not in this oh, the only time <laughs> in my life where I, I could probably identify with that was when I was growing up in the church and just there because somebody making me be there. But as far as an adult, I I don't, I don't, I cannot recognize where I was ever like, you know what? I'm taking a break from you, Lord. I don't like what you're doing. I believe it. I'm not with it. No, I always position myself in life or I've always been positioned in life where I I gotta be on. I gotta have God consciousness for the things I'm doing for for how I'm out here playing. I'm always uh, <laughs> like, okay, I got you know, God, it's me and you, because I be doing some pretty uh challenging. I take on some challenges, um, but, <laughs> but, I, but I have never. That is one thing. Like I had always, even as a young person, even when I was rejecting church in the physical traditional you know what we talked about on that last question Mm -hmm. the theatrics of church i have rejected the theatrics of church for sure Um, i recognize early y'all ain't doing this for real don't i'm not associated with that but i don't always been able to proud to say i always been able to keep my awareness my god consciousness always been high and i know that because god has always protected me and covered me like i said i i take on challenges i go do things that that you have to say you must have strong faith (laughs) for some of the things that i have been through but yeah the only the only time i recognize is just kind of and like i said it wasn't affiliated with my relationship with god but just being in the church just in motion just going with the you know yeah we got to be here was when I was a young person, when I was there, you know, between zero to 16, 17. <laughs> Not zero. <laughs> <laughs> when, you stop, when you stop winning the Easter egg hunt and they like, oh, the big kids don't get to do that no more. That's like, an Easter egg hunt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, this is Christian. Yeah. And unlike my sisters, several times. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Several times, I will say, even as a child, little going to church with my grandmother, God, I feel like God has always had a calling on my life since I was born. My name is Christy. I have Christ in my name. And uh, I'm not I'm not being arrogant when I say that or whatever. Mm -hmm. We have our name for a reason. And I'm learning that. And so he and he has always been my center. I will say that like from birth, I, I believe that. But um, I say maybe around when we moved back, and I've been in church all my life, when we moved back from Clarksdale, we were going to Burton Grove. I remember at the age of 13, 14, 
church was real to me. I love church. And I remember getting up, taking the seat myself. I was born into AME, which is an African-American uh, Episcopal. That's Methodist. I was born into AME. I went through Colgate when I was little. I was in Church of God in Christ. Then uh, we were Baptists. Then when I got married, I was UMC, United Methodist. Then, <laughs> then I came back to Baptist. Oh, I've been in all of them. But um, <laughs> when I was 13, 14, when we joined Burton Grove, I remember taking a seat. I was sprinkled as a baby because that's what they did in United Methodist. They sprinkled you. I took the seat on my own. God moved me. I, God spoke to me. I took the seat. I believed in God then. I was saved then. Got baptized, dipped in the water. I've been dipped twice, uh, three times. <laughs> but then when I ran away from home. Christy, for our uh, listeners who may not know what take the seat mean, what does that mean? In the church, um, what does take the seat? In the church, when you take the seat, that's when you go and ex- and you go to accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. And for me, that was going to they they open the doors of the church after the preacher preaches. They open up the jo- doors of the church for anybody who wants to be saved, who wants to come up and and confess Jesus as their Lord and Savior, and say that they believe in Jesus, they believe in His death, burial, and resurrection, and they're opening their hearts to be saved for salvation. So you go and take the seat. Sit in own, front of the church. Nearly <laughs> sitting right in front of the church. You go and take the seat. Now, my kids, they experienced something different. They had a mourner's bench. That every time they had revival in the United mm. Methodist Church, they, they make kids, you have to go sit on the mourner's bench all five days of the revival. And you better get up by the end of the revival. But I always told my kids, don't get up until you feel like God is calling you to get up. But he was calling me. And so I gave my life over to Christ at that age. Well, when I ran away from home and I was out there, I moved to Texas, to Houston, Texas. And I wasn't in nobody's church. I was doing any and everything from the age of 17 to about the age of 1920 when I was in college. But this is where to train your child up in the way that he should go. You can't get away from God if that's who's in you. You know what I'm saying? And my yeah. favorite scripture is Jeremiah, Jeremiah 29 and 11, for I know the plans that I have for you, you know, and I live by that. So in college, I met my ex-husband and we ended up getting married. So by 21, I was married. But uh, my relationship before I met him, my relationship with my parents was strained because I had ran away. I didn't come back. So it caused a lot of friction in our family. and. I wasn't thinking about God. I was just glad to get away. And so, yeah, I know. But God is so awesome, and he has these plans for me, and I've been here from day one. I believe this, that he just, even when we make detours or even when we veer off the path, whether we do it or whatever, he always knows how to bring you back. So he started fixing my relationship with my parents because I got pregnant with my son yeah. out of wedlock. We were married before my son got here. My son was actually at the wedding. He was just in my stomach. But um, he started <laughs> fixing my relationship and bringing me back to my parents, which brought me back 
into church. And God is so awesome that he let me marry a man who had been brought up in church all his life. My in-laws very involved in church, singing, serving, all of that, that it was natural. We were here in Jackson. He came to church with me. And so we were back in church until we moved to Aberdeen. And when, when we were Aberdeen, then I joined United Methodist, and we were very heavily involved churching from, from 8 o'clock in the morning to 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> and so and I was bringing my kids, but that was God. Because even for my kids, he said, your kids are going to be brought up in me from birth. And they have been from birth. And so when I got a divorce, I moved back home and I was in church again because naturally, okay, I'm in church. That's where them titles and expectations come in because my dad and the pastor, I better get in church. Got to be there. How would that look? So I'm in, and when I first came back, I was sincere in it because God had did some amazing things for me, even in the midst of my divorce and, and me teaching and all of that. God was amazing and I was on fire. But then I got drawn away again. And when I got drawn away, I was evil. Like when I got away from God, like really, really pulled away from God. Yeah. Oh my God, Satan had a grip on me. He had a hold on me that I can't even explain. And in that, I wasn't going to church. I wasn't talking to my, when I was going to church, I was the evilest thing walking in there. My mama would say sometimes when I would walk in, she was in the choir stand and she would be like, oh, Lord, here they come. And she was talking about me and the spirits that were on me. You didn't know who you were going to get. I was mean. I was evil to the people in church. Like, don't talk to me. Don't touch me. Don't say that. I was just there. And then it got to a point, why am I here? Satan really got into my mind. Evilness really got into me. I was in a dark, dark pit and place that I can't even begin to explain. And that was for a couple of years. But I had praying parents who loved me. I had people in my church who were praying for me, people that I had shunned and been mean to, who were still praying for me, who still loved me and cared for me, who God used to pray for me. And even when I couldn't talk to God, didn't want to have nothing to do with him. I was playing around with tarot cards and other stuff. I was doing this, but because it was in me, there would be times, brief times when I knew this ain't me, God, something has a hold on me. I need to let me go. But all I could say was Jesus help me. Jesus help me. Just them two words were the only thing I could get out. And then I'll be pulled back in. But on one day, God finally heard me and reached down in that pit and said, no more. And that's why I tell people, even though I took the seat at 14 and I was saved, but when I was 35, that's when my real, true relationship and walk, that's when I saw God for who he is. That's when it became so real to me. And so even now I have moments or whatever, but now I'm at a place where I can't get too far away from him. That's death for me. If I miss church 
or I miss my prayer time with him or whatever, I see the changes in me. And that's death for me. And I got to get back to him. And I claw my way back to him. So, yeah, I left a plenty of times. But God has always had a calling on my life. And when you try to get away from him, he going to pull you back. If you are his, he going to get you back. And his grace yeah. and mercy is amazing. His love is amazing. How he chases after you and seeks you and pulls you is amazing. God is Amen. amazing. Yeah. Uh, this is Amanda. I just want to acknowledge Christy and how vulnerable she just became. Yeah. To those things because I didn't know and I'm you didn't know any of that I have a just a level of awareness from you know growing up in proximity but the intimate details that my sisters have shared that I said I didn't even know I didn't even know (laughs) wow that's (laughs) so beautiful yeah I love I love that because I tell Chrissy all the time Chrissy is my big sister and I tell her all the time she goes before me she is the one that that walks ahead of me. And we talk about that in the physical realm, but we don't really talk about it in the spiritual realm. But that's when you read your Bible, read the whole thing, it's in there. You'll find out who you are. Every person's identity on this earth is described or detailed in the Bible somewhere. Somewhere you will find yourself in these stories. And what I have discovered is that our youth well, we know God is providing his positioning, but where he placed us in, in this family at this time for these things is divine. And our youth, when I hear her talk about the struggles, I think about David or I think about other folks in the Bible who had a divine calling on their life and just the things you have to go through. Oh, yeah. To get God's work done. His glory, right? So I didn't know that. Christy, and when she said the Christ is in her name, I'm like, man, I'm gonna write a poem because that's <laughs> like that's tight, like you know what I'm saying. But you know, just her level of awareness of that, and then listening to her detail, like how she knew at this age, and just you know, giving the details of her story, and then just thinking about yeah. her in the Bible and what they've been doing. I'm like, man, so it gives me more context. It definitely gives me more empathy towards her and the things that she struggles with because you know I know as her sister like it's something special about all of us I know my brothers and sisters to me it it ain't no better people in the world than my brothers and sisters I love them they are the the other me they are me except they them because we the same part you understand we got the same parents same such and such but they different. But, you know, because even me and Laura, we make the same sounds. <laughs> we make the same <laughs> facial expressions at the same time, and even with Christy. So I just said all that to say, like, I could not just go past that. Like, that did not. What just she happened. Said, yeah, and what she said is for somebody on this. Somebody is supposed to hear that, even if it was just for me. And so I'm just really excited about what she just released. Because the devil don't like that kind of stuff. At all. He wants you to be ashamed. He wants you to be embarrassed. He wants you to keep it to yourself. He wants you to forget 
who he been so he can be himself again. You know what I'm saying? So I just wanted to acknowledge that and tell Christy I love you and I'm so proud of you. And wow, that is so amazing. And just be as much as you can prepared for me to like ask you more questions. <laughs> <laughs> Christy. Because, like I say, she what she go through, it, it's ahead of me and Laura. So yeah. if ain't already been through it, it's come. You know what I'm saying? I recognize that. I, I, I recognize that. So I just wanted to shout that out. Christy, how you feel about what Amanda just said? I feel humble. The thing about me, I, I think I have a different relationship with all of my siblings. But the thing about Amanda, Amanda is the one that I feel like is more like me. <laughs> And she does ask me questions all of the time. And I feel I don't share with my sister. Like, we are close. We are always spending time together. But I don't share with my sister as much my struggles and what I'm dealing with. And I think it's because Amanda and Laura are closer in age. And like I said, I'm way older. I didn't grow up with, I grew up with a brother and sisters. But I didn't grow up with a brother and sister that were close to my age. So I grew up with me. And so I guess I don't share. So to know that for her to say, well, I didn't know that. And I appreciate that. I, it makes me feel good that my sisters care like that because I, I don't I don't share as much with my struggles or what I'm going through. I, I am an introvert and I keep to myself and so maybe I should share more yeah. but thank you man but you know I love you you know I love both of y'all and I, I do try to tell my sisters how proud I am of them and that I do love them but I don't share like everything that I deal with so yeah. thank you that was so good because I I told Christy like the last year the year before that I finally told her like I felt like you abandoned me when I was a kid, because yeah. you, left, you left and I needed you to be a big sister to me. But now I know now, now it's like, here's what, like, you know what I mean? Like, this is what she was going through. This is it's context. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? This is what was going on with her. This is, you know, how you were trying to survive you was trying to survive all of those things and I was always wondering like man what what was going on you know like what happened because I felt like I needed her but that just gave me so much content and then it helps me with my own identity like hearing the things that siblings go through help with identity because even here in Laura I've always been since I moved back here I always been inspired Laura, like man, she loved. Yeah. She she loved and like like she taught me some about herself today too. I'm like man, she she don't mind. She love it. She great at it. She's serving and God is blessing her. And that made me say, well, let me take some cues from Laura. Let me let me see what I can do that Laura. <laughs> And that'll bless my life, right? And even with Christy, like I've, I've been taking cues from Christy all my life too. So they both have inspired me and are probably, and God know what he's doing. That's why I'm in the middle. Okay, it's all coming to fruition. <laughs> Putting them around me as buffers of like, 
who who you are, who who you are is situated in the middle of these two women that carry your identity with you. So I just I'm not gonna go past it. Like it didn't just uh clarity for 2023. <laughs> my, my sisters are, and I do, and you know, we talked about this earlier. I do a lot of work in community with women and black women, and I'm a champion for blackness and black women and our, our journeys. But I always been, it's easy for me to go out in community and serve that way because I have sisters. I grew up in a way where I know what that really is and what that could really be. So thank you, Monique, for taking And, and I will say this, this is Christian. I will say, Monique, thank you for this opportunity for the simple fact that I think, well, I can speak for me and Amanda has said it, but I've learned even a little bit more about my sisters, but I've always said this, Laura is the baby, but Laura is the oldest. I look up to my baby sister because yes, Laura has been the one who has been consistently at our church for however long our church has been there. He has not left now. Maybe, like she said, she shared that, you know, maybe her heart wasn't there and, and it's different for her now. You know, she left not in a physical sense, but in the spiritual, that type sense. But she has always, I have always looked up to my baby sister. She has been the consistent one. She is a server. And the fact that she is, both of my sisters, but Laura is a jack of all trades. Like, I admire my sisters so much in their talent and what they do. And I do try to let them know I'm proud of them, but I, they, I don't think they even know how I reflect on them or how I pray for them and how thankful I am to God or when I'm talking to God about them and just the strides that I see them making because I help my sisters. I changed diapers. I fed. I potty trained. These are, these were like, they're my sisters, but in essence, like my baby. So I get to see their growth and their progress. And it, my heart is so filled. I might not express it or whatever, but God knows how amazed I am at my sisters because I've seen them from birth. I've helped raise them in a way. And it's like, wow, God is, again, God is amazing. And I say this all the time, our family is favored. Like, it's just so many talents and gifts, even with our brother. Uh, and that's a prayer of mine, too. But um, they are amazing. But Laura, I look, I look up to my sisters, but Laura is the big sister. Yep. <laughs> she my baby she my baby she my baby sister you know I call her my baby sister because I like to feel like she my baby sister even though we just 13 months apart <laughs> <laughs> yeah our mama was in it in. yeah <laughs> but she my she is my sister and I be a like Laura, I'm sorry, I was a mean big sister, and I'm I wouldn't remember when we was this oh, age, I and I, you know, because I because now I can look back and say I'm raising multiples. We were I'm raising siblings, and I see how my children are, and I'm like, man, was I like that to my sister? Was I <laughs> did I did I do this to my sister? But man, both my sisters are beautiful. 
Lara, and it's not but Lara, Lara is so beautiful to me because she is the culmination. Even uh, for my parents, you know, the last kid. When I look at Seven, he the baby. And yeah. I think him and Lara are so much alike. <laughs> she, embodies, she embodies both of our parents. And the thing about Lara is Laura is so beautiful with our kids. Laura doesn't have kids, but Laura is Laura is that aunt. I ain't even that aunt. Laura is that aunt, and to see her interact with our kids, like our kids, I know I can speak for mine. They love both their aunties, but Laura. They love Lulu. They love man. I don't mean it like that, man. And I don't yeah, know Amanda, you know what your kids, Laura is, Lulu is that. That's yeah, what we call, other she is I call that. her. I call she's her the other parent. parent. She yeah, has been, it, she's the other parent for Amanda's kids. <laughs> but even for my kids and teen, as teenagers and even young adults now, she, like that time, that pouring into all of that. Amanda does that too, but Laura pours into all of our kids and she doesn't have kids, but she is that. And I yeah. just, I just sit back and look at, look at how she is with our kids. Yeah, and all the things she can do. She's so, she can do any, well, really, she can, we can all do anything, but Laura will do it. And I really, Laura will actually do it. I love it. Exactly. Laura will do it and stick with it. Amanda will say, I want to do this, and she'll do it, but she may not stick with it as long as Laura will. I'm the one who will say, Oh, I can do that. I would love to do that, but I might not even start. <laughs> oh my gosh. Bless y'all. How do you feel about that, Laura? How do you feel about the flowers? <laughs> how, did, how you knew I was gonna ask her that? That was my next question. <laughs> Laura answers. Let's let's listen. Let's listen. Laura probably gonna be like, y'all doing it. Doing the most beautiful. <laughs> off the vine flowers that I appreciate from you guys from you guys that's really where my heart is that's what what you guys say about me is what I strive to be because I mean I'm just not I would say I'm not quote-unquote first choice when it comes to the grand scheme of things what people are drawn to and what they look into for people that they want to be connected with I'm not I'm not going to be first choice but when you get to know me or when you see me in action then you realize hey you know this might be a good thing you know what I'm saying so Mm -hmm. that's what I strive to be of course coming up Amanda was she wasn't mean, but I got some scars. Yeah. Um, from <laughs> from, from, well, from I all and, y'all. You know, like I they my brothers and sisters would pick on me and stuff. So I strive to be what I didn't have. Yeah. Or sometimes what I don't have. I strive to be that for other people who are coming up under me or, you know, so I try to be different. Just like when we were talking earlier about how Amanda raises her children differently as it relates to coming up in the church. Like I just strive to be what I didn't have and what I would have wanted for myself. So I really appreciate these fresh cut flowers and daisies from you guys. <laughs> it's very overwhelming. 
a little overwhelming and um I just really appreciate it I admire y'all for different reasons as well so it's just I think when I'm starting my newest job (laughs) was was saying she was proud of me and I'm like I'm just trying to keep up with y'all because y'all do Amanda and Christy do do big things and so it's just I'm just following in their footsteps even though they think you know they're looking to me as an example so it's just full circle and so that's what it is god is good Great. Shout out to and Shout all out. the time that's in a poem i wrote look at them they know my poem <laughs> and, 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 and our pastor slash daddy y'all know he loves to say god is good all the time all the time that is it. <laughs> and I just want to shout them out. I do want to say, Mom and Dad, we know y'all listening. <laughs> and we just want to shout you out. And, and I'm so grateful to be in a position now where I can say it and mean it and know it's true and be speaking from a healthy space and healing space. That they are really fantastic. They are really fantastic human beings. And, you know, they're growing, they're still growing, they're still learning. But they are, I, I would not have chosen, if I had the opportunity, I wouldn't choose differently. They have given us the best that they can. My dad, with all his health issues, still, mm-hmm. like even him choosing to do dialysis at home because he didn't yeah. want to go away from us, you know, miss out on us growing up. And my mom, all the things she sacrificed. Now I'm a mom and I work and I do all these types of things all the things she sacrificed. And then thinking about who we are as individuals and them as parents, oh, they was dealing with this. (laughs) And they didn't kill us. And they didn't send us to jail. You know, just all these types of things. And then as grandparents, they incomparable. It ain't no better grandparent for my children. So I just want to shout them out and say thank you so much. Love you so much. Yeah, and my brother Matthew. Shout out to Matthew. What's up? Matthew first. Last question. The past few years have been hard for a lot of people. A lot of people are ready to give up and throw in a towel, even Christians. What encouragement would you give them as they prepare for this new year? My name is Amanda, and my encouragement is to try love. If you're not loving, if you if you are afraid of love, if you've been scarred by love and love has worth the number on you do not give up on love and all that it means all that it can do love love is the answer if you don't believe it read the whole bible in there well amen Mm -hmm. my name is laura i would say build your hope on things eternal don't worry about a lot of times we get lost because we focus on what the world is doing or what the world has to offer trying to get those things of the world and we get discouraged but um keep your hope and your faith in God just keep going just keep swimming like Dory said (laughs) amen (laughs) and I am Christy um you are right this past year has been these years have been hard for a lot of people um I'm gonna be honest I'm struggling right now so encouraging others um I would just say but what I'm trying to do for myself is to just trust God, trust in his sovereignty, trust in his love, trust in his wisdom and his direction, and trust that if you are in he has you, and that will, that's your anchor. 
that's that's what's gonna help pull you up. So Amen. Amen. Ladies, I have enjoyed you guys so much. Like legit. I have enjoyed y'all. I don't have sisters. I don't have sisters. So to to be able to be a part of this sister conversation, it meant everything to me. Like I this was beautiful. Like this, even though know, this this is podcast interview. I literally felt like we were just hanging out, having a conversation together. So thank you. This, Monique, uh, this is Christy. I do want to say this before we get off. You are family. We love you. You are an amazing woman of God. You are an example for me. I'm older than you, but you are, um, in a way, I feel like you are my elder in Christ. God continues to use you in a mighty way. I'm so proud of you. And thank you for this opportunity. But I want you to know I am so proud of you. I'm proud of what you are doing. I'm proud that since you, I I remember when you took the seat, I remember I have been able to fully see your journey in Christ and what he has been doing with you. And it continues to be amazing. God is awesome. And the way you show up and share and care and and, and serve is is just a testament. And um, I just want you to know, I, I'm so proud of you and love you. We love you. And you are family. Thank you so much, Christy. Thank you. Ditto. all right ladies i love you guys so much like legit i love you guys okay so my listeners if you've been following my podcast you know that i am in therapy we're working on something where we're basically unpacking some things that could be very traumatic and one of the things that she helps me with is when you leave therapy she has pre-warned me that Sometimes this stuff can hit you out of nowhere. Like you legit could be washing dishes and some of these things could come back up or you can be with your kids and these things can come back up. So she wanted to help me with ways to deal with it when things come back up. So we had to figure out what's your safe space? Like when this stuff come back up, what is your safe space? Like what is the place you think about that brings you joy, that brings you peace? Like you're happy when you think about this place, you feel good about it. This is the place that I want you to go to, close your eyes, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I said, well, that place is my church. And I don't mean just any church, like all churches everywhere. Nothing against anybody else's church, but I mean my church and new life. Like that's how much you guys mean to me that you are my safe space. Like when Mm -hmm. I didn't have anything else, I found it in new life. So I love you guys. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for being here today. Mm -hmm. I appreciate you for taking this time out to do this episode with me. Thank you guys so much for joining us on tonight. I hope you guys have enjoyed this conversation as much as I have. And I hope it helps you get a great start to this year that you're able to grow in your relationship with God, that you get deeper in your personal relationship with him, that you get back into church if you have fell off. And that even if you're at church, but some kind of way you have gotten away from him, 
get mm-hmm. back to him. Don't just be in the building. Get back to him. Mm-hmm. And I hope our conversation tonight has helped you with that. But remember, I love you, but God loves you so much more. I'll see you guys next week. Bye. I hope you guys have enjoyed. Follow me on Facebook at Demo with Mo. If you have any questions you would like answered here live on my podcast, email them to me at Demo with Mo at gmail.com. That's D-E-M-O-W-I-T-H-M-O at gmail.com.